The guys are meshing together real well. We've got some good pieces, and, and when it comes together, I think we got a really good ball club. We were fortunate enough to go four years there in a row, and then you miss it by a game one year, and it just it doesn't feel right. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. You know, the quality of this show is something that means a lot to me. You know, this show is me. I put my name on it. I put my heart and soul into it every day. It's it's very important to me. And when it doesn't go well, it, it hurts me, eats me up inside. It keeps me awake at night. And I'm a little worried about today. I'm a little worried about the show and my ability to uh, perform. Because we're at the ballpark, and for the first time all week, there's a game going on. This is fantastic. This is awesome. I have, I have a live baseball game going on in front of me right now. Eric Lauer made the start. Christian Yelich is in the on-deck circle right now. It's it's going on. It's happening right down below me. And uh, part of me just wants to sit here and watch. But I got to host a show, so this will be a fun challenge. This will be a, a unique quality control challenge. The, the most challenging, I think, times of hosting the show, at least relating to live sports, is when, like, the Badgers start early at 530 and I got to watch the beginning of it in uh, the studio. I got it on my laptop. It's hard to focus. This might be impossible, but I, I can't wait. The next two hours are going to be so much fun. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. We're live at American Family Fields of Phoenix. Thanks to our sponsors, Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse Beer House. Both in Lacrosse, both big sponsors of our lacrosse affiliate, WKTY. So if you live in town in lacrosse, on Alaska, Holman, wherever, please, please support those two places because they supported us big time this week. Sending us out here, letting us be in the clubhouse and letting us broadcast live from the ballpark. They made it all possible. So please go support them, even if it's just with a beer. I keep saying this, but Flipside has an awesome happy hour. It's a great place to stop after work. I love Flipside's Fish Fry, and it's always a place throughout college and, and uh, like, now as well. I'll go there on weekends, get a bloody, right? Get a nice big plate of breakfast food, maybe after a night where you've had a little bit too much to drink. Go recover at Flipside the next day. Lacrosse Beer House, if you want to do downtown lacrosse, it's the best place to start. It's central. It's third and pearl. It's right in the middle of everything, and you can start there with a big group, big tables. You can get a big mug of beer, some authentic German food. It's a great place to start your night. You could stay there all night. Lots of room. Uh, it's also a very fun place to finish your night as it gets rowdy in there as the night goes along. So if you live in or around La Crosse, you listen on WKTY, please support those businesses. And if you listen somewhere else in the state, when you visit La Crosse, and you absolutely should because it's the best place in Wisconsin, in my opinion, when you visit, please support those places. Flipside Pub and Grill and La Crosse Beer House. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant, and you can text the show, 608-796-2558. I'm taking this game in right now as the show's going on. Eric Lauer is struggling with command a little bit. I guess that there's a rule in spring training that I forgot about where you can go pull a pitcher in an inning and then bring them out the next inning too, which for all intents and purposes in spring training makes a lot of sense. Like you want guys, you want guys to get reps. Uh, you want to get them work. You want to keep them on a schedule and on a regiment and don't let one bad inning ruin a start and ruin a chance for a pitcher to go out there and get some work. So Lauer's... Struggling with command a little bit, and the defense around him has been great. Joey Weimer uh, bobbled a ball in center that led to some extra bases. Uh, the second baseman also just <laughs> botched a ground ball. It's spring training. Sometimes it looks like it, although I'm excited. Christian Yelich leading off the next inning. If you want to text or call, you can. 
And if you want to tweet me at Wisco Grant, you can do that as well. I think we're going to have a very Brewers-centric show tonight. We did a lot of Rodgers last night because he went on McAfee. I played the game. We talked about Aaron Rodgers, of course. Talked about the Bucks a little bit this week as well. They were in Phoenix. They played the Suns. They had a great win against the Kings on Monday night. That was really fun to watch. And I think the Bucks showed us a lot on Monday and Tuesday night. They reminded us, hey, we're really good at this. We're really good at this thing. This is our specialty. We're great in this type of environment. So I think this is a very instructive week for the Milwaukee Bucks. I think we learned a lot watching those games. I kind of want to just focus on the Brewers tonight. I wrote down a couple of my thoughts because I've been in the clubhouse now three or four times this week. Monday, Tuesday, or Monday, Wednesday, and then today. Met with counsel a couple of times, observed the team, got to talk with some players and coaches, and I wrote down a couple of thoughts. And I'm going to share these thoughts with Kurt Hogue. He's going to join us. He's in the press box up here. And I'm going to share with him some of my observations because he would know a lot more than I. So I'm going to test myself a little bit. It's a great format of this show when we have an expert on, a beat reporter, or someone who covers the team at a really focused level where I try to share my takes and then they shoot them down because I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about because I'm not around the team. So we're going to do that, play that game with Kurt in a little bit. Here are my clubhouse thoughts that I've been writing down throughout the week. Just little observations, little things here and there. First thing I wrote down, and this was apparent on Monday morning, it's been apparent all week long, Wade Miley is an incredible vibes guy. Just an outstanding vibes guy. The energy around him is great. The fit seems to be really good, which makes sense because he's been here before. He had a really successful year here in 2018. Then he got a little money from the Reds and has bounced around, and now he's back. The fit makes sense, but the energy is just really good. It reminds me of that coworker who always has something to say, engages everyone when he's walking around the office, right? has something to say to this person, to that person. And maybe if you're dragging a little bit on a Monday or it's a Friday morning and everyone's just dying to get to the weekend, it's that type of coworker who has something to lighten the mood a little bit, to lighten everybody up, to make everybody feel a little bit better about a situation at work that maybe isn't great or, or a frustrating week or long hours, you know, something like that. I think that's what Wade Miley is is great for, just watching him around the clubhouse. He engaged everybody. The energy was really good. And, and as we talked about on Monday, I actually like the fit. I know we laughed at this move when it happened because it's a very Brewers move and because it's Wade Miley. This is a funny signing for a lot of reasons. It was a funny addition for lots of reasons. But I think teams can overthink themselves and think themselves out of making good moves for the sake of a timeline. We see this in the NBA all the time where an NBA team will be uninterested in adding a player in free agency or via trade because that player doesn't fit the timeline of their core, right? So think about the Detroit Pistons for a sec. The Pistons have Cade Cunningham. They have Jaden Ivey. They got a bunch of young centers now with Wiseman and Marvin Bagley, and they got a lot of guys, Jalen Duran, a lot of guys. And they, this offseason, took the opportunity to sign Bojan Bogdanovic. And it would be easy to say, well, Bogdanovich is way older than your core. You, you want to build around these young guys. Why are you bringing in somebody old? Not everybody has to be on the same timeline. Right? Not everybody has to be at the same moment in their basketball career or at the same moment in their baseball career. So I actually think of the Wade Miley edition this offseason as kind of an NBA edition, where you got some younger guys, you got some guys that are in their prime, and that's your core. They're, all, they're on the same timeline, right? Woodruff, Burns, Peralta, that group of elite starting pitchers, top-tier starting pitchers, the Brewers' best guys, kind of on the same timeline. They came up together, they've developed together. 
That doesn't mean you can't add some nice pitching depth just because they fall in a slightly different age group, just because they're a little bit more experienced or, you know, maybe they're a little bit past their prime. That's okay. I think teams outthink themselves a lot. They have an opportunity to get a player that might help them, and then they pass up on bringing that player in because it doesn't fit the precise timeline. Well, we're not supposed to contend for two more years, so I don't want to bring in a veteran. Hey, sometimes it's good to have a veteran. Sometimes it's good to have a little bit of seasoning in the clubhouse. I think Wade Miley fits for that. And now Wade Miley's a friend of show. He was very generous with his time on Monday. So I'll just be 100% transparent. I enjoyed being around the guy, and I think everybody in the clubhouse does as well. Observation number two that I wrote down this week. Mike Brasso. He's had a killer spring. He's hit the ball really well, had a bunch of multi-hit games in spring training. He feels more like a brewer to me this year. And this is me being a bit of a casual Like, I'm not around the team a lot. I only go to so many games. I'm not in the clubhouse. This week has been an outlier. But just observing the team, the way they interact, and obviously following along with how the the team is played and how the offense is produced in spring, like, Mike Brasso feels like a brewer this year. He seemed to be a little bit of an odd fit last year. I could never figure out what it is he does, what it is his role is, how Craig Council is supposed to use him, the role that he's supposed to play. Last year, he was a lefty specialist. He played the corner infield. Last season was the first season of his career that he didn't play at all in the outfield. It just felt not like a bad fit last year, but it felt it felt like an odd fit. He was there. I was like, well, what is Mike Brasso? What is his deal? What is he going to be good for? And I think this year, his role is going to be much more honed in. I, I still think he'll be a situational hitter against lefties, but I think Council maybe. Be a little bit more excited to use him against a righty here and there. Maybe get some more work. Maybe a bit uh, more ingratiated into the roster. More, more, I don't know, better fit. So that's something that I've noticed. He feels like a brewer this year in a way that he didn't last year. That's my point of view. That's just me. I'm sure some people would disagree. That's how I see it, and that's how I'm seeing it this week. Another observation, and this is something that we talked about on Monday and Tuesday. Craig Council likes his starting pitching depth. He likes guys three through five, three through six, right? Hauser, Lauer, um, Aaron Ashby, although he's just working back from injury. He threw this week for the first time this offseason or, or the spring training. They have options. Wade Miley's in there. Who knows? Maybe Ethan Small is stretched out and, and makes a spot start at some point this season. I think Craig Council likes guys three through six. I don't know if he loves guys three through six because we were talking with him on Monday and I'll play this audio again for you. You know, he said of Corbin Burns, we need him to eat a lot of innings. We need him to go deep into games, get a lot of outs. And to me, that read as the Brewers are more dependent on Corbin Burns than maybe most fans think. Right? Because I think of the Brewers, they got a deep starting rotation, lots of guys who can get outs. And Corbin Burns is its luxury. He's a great, you know, top of the rotation guy, Cy Young award winner but i think council views him as like we will go as far as burns lets us because if he eats x number of innings that means woodruff can get x number of innings and then that goes down the rotation trickle down baseball management think of it that way that then council doesn't have to ask as much from eric lauer or or aaron ashby or whoever the next starter is wade miley fill in the blank this is my exchange with craig council earlier in the week on how to manage different teams i asked him about 2018 versus 2022 And he went to Corbin Burns. He's like, well, we have a Cy Young winner now. And that changes the way I manage. That changes the way that our team is constructed. So here's that audio from earlier in the week. 
how the team looked differently in 2018 to now, and how you've managed teams that have been very different. You have a lot of starting pitchers this year. You said you're running out of innings. You've managed teams that have had more untraditional, like fewer starting pitchers. How do you manage differently, and how do you figure out how to manage a team this time of year? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, every team's got different personnel, but um, you know, look, we have we have a we have a Cy Young Award winner here. It's like there's not much managing his starts, frankly. Sure. Like you know, um, we're, we're not. Yeah, you know, he's he's gonna throw. We need and we need him the way we're structured to to get deep into games. You know, we're kind of looking for him. Like how many outs can can Corbin get? And then that's kind of how we're. That's how we. It's kind of worked for the last couple of years with Corbin, and that's how that's how it'll work this year. It's um, there's there's a point where every guy's kind of got there. Like now we have a decision uh, with a certain number of kind of pitches, um, and and but we need those guys to get as many outs as they can. That's what makes us better. Um, so that's what we rely on when you have guys like that. Um, that team was very. That team was. Kind of the strength of that team was three great relievers um, that had three great seasons, um, and then some starters and Wade and Yuli Shasi and that kind of and, and, and Woody at the end that that jumped up and really start pitched well at kind of the right time. Yeah. So my observations from the week, and we're going to go over these with Kurt Hogan a little bit, who covers the Brewers for the Journal Sentinel, friend of show. My three observations that I've written down so far: Wade Miley incredible vibes guy energy is good uplifts people in the clubhouse addresses everybody awesome vibes guy and i think the fit is sneaky good not a punchline like i think we made it out to be another observation mike brasso feels like a brewer in a way this year that he didn't last year just my point of view just the way i see it others would probably disagree but i I feel like mike brasso with more of a running start and maybe a, a slightly more defined role in 2023 feel like he can fit better and contribute a little more and my last takeaway is the starting pitching depth is is there but that doesn't mean that Craig Council wants to use it he's still uh expecting to use Corbin Burns a ton and let him ride really deep into games and as he said in that in that piece of the press conference that I got Monday this team will go as far as Corbin Burns can take them even though there is pitching depth doesn't mean that Council wants to lean on it so those are a couple of my observations We'll go back and forth over some of those points with Kurt Hogue, who's going to join us in a little bit. Talked to Craig Council today with the rest of the Brewers beat, and I asked him about their group of upcoming prospects. And there's a nice group, Sal Freelich, Bryce Terang, Garrett Mitchell, Joey Weimer, who's playing center field today. Joey Weimer is a house. Talk about guys passing the eye test. We were talking about Jackson Cherio on Monday, watching him take BP, and I'm no baseball scout. I know that's a shock to you. But he passes the eye test. That man looks like an outstanding baseball player. Joey Weimer just looks like a human being who could beat up any other human being in the world. He's playing center today. I asked Craig Council about Weimer, Freelich, Terang, Mitchell, and the process that the Brewers use to decide who's up next. Who are we going to call up? Who's the the next young player of this batch that we're going to try to bring up and, and make part of the Major League Ball Club? Interesting answer. Obviously slid a little bit of it off to Matt Arnold, the GM, because it's ultimately his decision. But I think Craig Council speaks for the Brewers organization and the decisions in their process as much as anyone. So we'll hear that audio coming up. We're going to hear from Kurt Hogue, a Brewers-centric show tonight. We're broadcasting live from American Family Fields of Phoenix, Maryvale, Arizona. The Brewers, by the way, trailing 
Two to nothing. Not great. They're going to get no hit. Wouldn't that be something? We're back in three minutes. Thanks again to our sponsors, Flipside Pub and Grill and La Crosse Beer House. It's the Wisco Sports Show. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show, live at Brewer Spring Training. Thanks to Flipside Pub and Grill and La Crosse Beer House. Oh, I must be in the front row. show my name is grant bills and i'm watching baseball american family fields of phoenix thanks to flipside pub and grill and lacrosse beer house there's actually a game going on today the last couple of days has been a mixed bag monday there was a minor league game going on tuesday there was a little scrimmage some work going on i don't know yesterday the grounds crew was out here working because it was raining and today we actually get a ball game i think that's pete strizlecki on the mound I should have brought my binoculars. I feel like a real moron because when I left my apartment on Sunday, I looked at my binoculars on the bookshelf and I said, nah, I could have used them like three or four different times this week. And I would have felt like a legit baseball scout rule of thumb as someone who enjoys fishing, someone who enjoys hiking as someone who now enjoys going to baseball stadiums, always bring binoculars. You know how many times in my life, it's actually, maybe I'm a weird example. You know how many times in my life I've gotten somewhere and thought, I should have brought my binoculars. It's more places. It's more times than you'd think. I should just keep them in my car. But I, like I said, I think it's Pete Strzelecki on the mound. I believe it looks like him. I could tell you for sure if I had my binoculars. We're talking Brewers tonight. We're only talking Brewers. Unless Aaron Rodgers actually gets traded. Uh, unless Giannis, it's announced that he's all of a sudden going to win an MVP or, or something crazy. We're talking all Brewers tonight which is really what I've wanted to do all week. But we've had good Bucks games, and we've had Rogers news. He went on McAfee yesterday. So we've talked about a mixed bag of other things throughout the week, which is fine. But we're going to hear from Kurt Hogue, who covers the Brewers from the Journal Sentinel, friend of show. We're going to hear from Craig Council here in just a minute or two. And I'm going to try to get in the clubhouse tomorrow. We're not going to have a show tomorrow. But I still want to get in the clubhouse, get some audio. Maybe I'll put it out in a podcast or something. Uh, this text says if Burns is going to be gone after this season or even traded during the season, I'm sure the Brewers won't have many restrictions on his innings. Well, that's another thing. Like, if they don't plan to sign him long term, and I, I can't imagine they are just because he's going to command a lot of money. And it's the type of contract that the Brewers can't sign. Now, I would be shocked and appalled if they traded him during the season. Because as I said for months last season before Josh Hader was actually traded, you can't do that and contend. The, the Brewers tried to have their cake and eat it, too, last year. They tried to get a, a haul for Hater while building for the future while, while also winning last year. You just couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. Even if Taylor Rogers was good, and even if the prospect return was good, when you make that move, you signal to the rest of your team that you're not all in. That's the message that last year's Brewers team got loud and clear. And by the way, for everyone who said during the year, well, they should trade Hater, I said no, because if you do that, the season is shot. And I was exactly right. I'm wrong about a lot of things. I was very right about the Josh Hader trade and the potential of a Josh Hader trade. I was very right about everything related to the Brewers last year. Now, I'm wrong about a lot of other things, but, but there I was right. I feel the same way about a Burns trade. Even if they plan to trade him next offseason, and even if they don't plan to sign him long term, you can't do it in the middle of the season. You just can't. Right? And Craig Council told us on Monday, we need Burns to eat a lot of innings. We need him to get a lot of outs because that's the way this team is constructed. That's the way that they're built. I think 
you know, I look at this team, a lot of Bruce fans look at this team and think, oh, deep starting rotation, a lot of arms. And they do have a lot of arms. They do have depth. I just, I don't think Craig Council wants to press that depth into service. That was the message that we got on Monday. It's like, yeah, we, Adrian Hauser's here. There are other guys that are here. I think Luke Voigt just tied into one into left center. Oh, 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 oh. Oh. That was a hell of a homer. That was fun. First hit of the night. Fans finally got something to cheer about. Hell yeah. A little energy in the ballpark. 608-796-2558. Tyler says, not to mention you're getting older, so the need for binoculars only goes up from here. Hope all is well. Yeah, all is well. I'm very content. I just watched a home run, and I'm watching baseball while doing the show. You always need binoculars. Take it from me. You know how many times I've been fishing, and I see a cool bird, and I think, damn, wish I had my binoculars. Or I go hiking. There's a pretty view. I wish I had my binoculars. And if you're in lacrosse, you're hiking on the bluffs, you definitely need binoculars. Just go ahead and come right out and tell you. Thank you for the text, Tyler. You can also tweet me, at Wisco Grant. On Monday, we talked about pitching, Corbin Burns' usage, uh, and how he needs to pitch a lot of innings. We've also talked this week about offense, and the focus on the offense is about the young guys who might be coming up this year. We assume that we're going to see some or all of them at one point or another. Freelich, Weimer, who's at the plate right now. Gosh, this guy's a house. I'll tell you what happens. Terang, Mitchell as well. We saw Mitchell at the end of last season. All between the ages of 22 and 24. And they're all on relatively the same timeline. They're all flirting between AAA and the bigs, right? Churio's down in AA. He's a little bit younger, but he is one of those names as well. They're all in the same timeline, all playing similar positions, right? Sal Freelich. Triple-A, 22 years old, outfield. Joey Weimer, 24 years old, triple-A, outfield. Bryce Terang, shortstop, second base, outfield. He's 23. He's at the level of the majors right now. Garrett Mitchell, much of the same, 24, outfield. So they all are in the same bunch, and it's a little similar to 2008 when all of those guys came up. So I asked Craig Council on, uh, I was going to say on Monday. It was earlier today. Sorry, I'm getting my days mixed up. We met with him in his office earlier today. And I ask, how do you go about deciding who's up next? Right, Last year it was Garrett Mitchell. What about this season? You got your eye on maybe Sal Freelich is the first to crack the roster. Maybe it's Weimer. Maybe Churio comes up at some point. So how do you go about making those decisions? Here's the conversation, the back and forth between Craig Council and myself this morning. Oh, some of your, your prospects, kind of your cluster of guys who are like 23, 24, we're all kind of waiting on them. Like two weeks till opening day, can you give us a little bit of a like an outline of your process and the organization's process, like why you might select one of those guys at some point to come up and get a try. Like, how do you go about deciding that? That's that's a good question for Matt Arnold. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's opportunity-based. Yeah. Someone gets injured and they have a window and you need somebody. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, I mean, that's for every player, no matter who you are, it's, there's a, this, there's this talent and opportunity and, um, timing you know that that all kind of meet up and then that that's you know generally how it works and there's some guys that just kind of knock down the door and, and do it um so it's a little everybody's got a little bit different story how they kind of break through and and then how they stick it's it's a little different too so um there's not one kind of way that it works for for all these guys it's it's just it's a little different for everybody um but um, you know they've, you know Bryce has had a very good spring for sure. Um, you know Garrett had a very good debut. Um, 
Jackson Cheerios played really well when he's been over here, so it's all it's been all good. Do you remember why Garrett last fall? Was there a reason you guys picked him over some maybe some? We were well. We were just we were just. It was September. We were trying to win games and called up the guy we thought could could help. Yeah, I got counseled. That's just the best response for anything. Why did you do this? Well, we wanted to win the game. We thought that gave gave us the best chance to win the game. God. What I what I wanted to ask, I could have gone back and forth about prospects and, and their plan for Mitchell, Terang, Freelick, and this next group, this next era is maybe a little dramatic, but this next wave of talented offensive players that they have. I, I wanted to ask about Garrett Mitchell because Garrett Mitchell seems to have this quality, this personality trait. It factor is a little bit of a cliche, but that's where my mind goes is he has a little bit of an it factor. He came up last year and he seemed 110% ready for it and all about it. He was all about it. He was 100% there. And Brenton Tosa joined the show earlier this week and compared that a little bit to the way Ryan Braun just came up and from day one was about it. He belonged. He felt and he acted like he belonged here, that he was meant to be here. I think that's part of it, too. And watching Sal Freelich in the World Baseball Classic just light it up for Italy, although he didn't have a great day yesterday. He didn't have a great great performance yesterday, some tough at-bats. I think he was over. I think he took the collar. But part of bringing a guy from AAA to the majors, especially if you're contending and you're trying to win, that guy's got to have the right attitude, the right personality to step into that box in his first major league at-bat. And that guy's got to feel like he belongs there. He's got to feel confident. He's got to feel like th- this should have happened a while ago. Here we go. Let me. Craig Council talked with us a lot, a lot earlier today, and I suppose I could play this audio, but it's, you know, I, I don't think it's. But playing one long clip of it, I, I don't know if it would be great radio, but we basically went back and forth, Adam McAlvey and, and Council and Kurt Hogue, about how Major League Baseball players are just freaks. The guys who can go from AAA and make that jump into the majors, they're freaks. That's the word the council kept using, and I don't think it's just physically. I think it's mentally. Baseball is obviously a very mental game. But when you make that jump, it can't be a big deal in your head. These players can't psych themselves out over, oh, man, I'm going up a level in competition. No, no, no. It needs to be smooth. It needs to, it needs to, to feel right. Those guys need to feel like it's their time, they're ready to go. And I think Garrett Mitchell last year showed that he could do that. So I'm not advocating we... we take a personality test with all these top prospects but i think it's part of it especially if you call these guys up uh, amidst a, a year where you're trying to contend i think that matters a lot because they can't get up there and be too small for the moment they need to come up and fit in and and hit the ground running uh, i got a text here says grant glad you're having a good time it's 40 and raining in eau claire yeah they they put the weather on the scoreboard and the pa announcer said before the game started Game time temperature is 69 degrees and sunshine in Phoenix. In Milwaukee, it's 39 and snowing, and everyone in the park just started cheering. This is actually the, the, the biggest cheers, the biggest rounds of applause that we've gotten from the crowd today were Luke Voigt's home run and the announcement of the temperature in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Duncan Holman says, or I go to the beach or pool and wish I had my binoculars. That's another place you need binoculars, Duck. I think you're saying to, you know, maybe check out Check out women. You know, a lot of a lot of good wildlife around the beach, right? A lot of interesting uh, birds. You can do some good bird watching at the beach. Thank God Dave from Monona can't call this week because he'd call. Real men do not go bird watching. Oh yes, they do. Bird watching is a great hobby for an active outdoorsman like myself, Dave. So let me just go ahead and refute the call that you would make if we had the phones out here at spring training. Six zero eight seven nine six two five five eight. 
If you'd like to text the show, you can tweet me at Wisco Grant. I talked with Kurt Hogue earlier today. We're going to have that conversation. He's sitting just a couple booths down up here at the press box. We're broadcasting live at American Family Fields of Phoenix. Thanks to our sponsors, Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse Beer House. Wisco Sports Show back in five minutes. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show live at Brewer Spring Training. Thanks to Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse Beer House. It's almost like being at the park. <laughs> Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Broadcasting live at American Family Fields of Phoenix. Our sponsors, Flipside Pub and Grill, Lacrosse Beer House, sending us out here. We thank them so much, and I would love if you go thank them with your business. Go have a beer, go have a burger. Flipside is a great happy hour Tuesday through Friday and a great fish fry on Friday nights. And if you are one of those poor people that lives in Wisconsin, grows up in Wisconsin and you just don't like fish well they do chicken on Friday nights too so you don't, you're not left out I think it's just a curse if you don't like fish and you can't do the Wisconsin fish fry on a Friday night that's that's too bad I feel for you so go to Flipside they got fish as well Lacrosse Beer House I like a big mug of Hefeweizen they have some good uh, German apps French fried potatoes well I guess they would be French fried they'd be German fried potatoes uh, schnitzel Stuff like that. So go get some and thank those places for supporting the show. 608-796-2558. I should probably get a StreamYard started. I haven't done that yet. We haven't been doing the phones this week. I don't have a phone. You can text the show and you can join in the StreamYard chat room, which I forgot to open until right now. So bear with me. I'll get that up and I'll tweet the link out. Brewers are playing right now. It's 2-1. to one. Luke Voigt and a home run. Luke Voigt could potentially decide to leave the Brewers entirely, right? This could be his last game. That could have been his last at bat with the Brewers. And, of course, he hits a bomb out to left center field because, of course, that's how baseball works. And I saw Dom Catronio tweeting about it. I retweeted it at Wisco Grand. He said, Void homers on a moonshot to left center on what could be his last at bat in camp because, of course, he does. Because that's how baseball works. Because, of course. Baseball's a weird sport like that. Just talking a little bit about this young group of prospects that the Brewers have. Jackson Churio, who we talked about the other day, I said very much passes the eye test. In case you were wondering, uh, my scouting opinion very much passes the eye test. Jackson Churio, Sal Freelich, Joey Weimer. Joey Weimer's playing today. Kind of want to see him get a big hit or something. He had that bat a couple of minutes ago. Bryce Trang, Garrett Mitchell, all of these guys between 22 and 24, they're all kind of coming up together, breaking into the league together. And Garrett Mitchell was the first one to do so. He did so last fall. I asked counsel earlier today, if you missed this, how do you go about making the decision who to call up, when to call them up? Because all those guys are kind of in a log jam in the minors. How do you separate one from the other? As the audio loads. There's a lot of people at the ballpark today. The internet might be slow. We can come back to that. Of course it comes down to injury. Of course it comes down to opportunity. Right, like, and, and that was the cliche. I was glad the council didn't immediately say that. I tried to jump out in front. It's like, obviously, you gotta get injured. You have an opportunity to to come up and and play some, play some. I was gonna say play some minutes, but get some innings and and get some at bats in relief. 
right, of, of whoever is, is injured. Let's say, um, I don't know, let's say Jesse Winker gets hurt or Christian Yelitz needs to miss 10 days. Oh, we need an outfielder. Well, let's call up Sal Freelich. He's been tearing it up in the minors. It's a good opportunity to get him up. Right or Joey Weimer, it's a good opportunity to get him up if he's been playing well. Let's get him an opportunity to jump up and and play in the majors. I understand that it needs talent, it needs an opportunity. There's lots of cliche reasons to say that one guy's going to get called up and get an opportunity to make his break into the majors, but there's got to be more to that. There's got to be more to it. Like Matt Arnold and Craig Council and, and the Brewers brass have got to sit down and say, okay. Sal Freelich, Joey Weimer, Bryce Terang, Garrett Mitchell, they all do basically the same things. They all play basically the same positions. They're all basically the same age. How do we differentiate from one or another? How do we differentiate between this guy or that guy? Last year it was Garrett Mitchell. He was the one who got the call up to the majors, performed really well. I think part of that was his personality. He had the it factor. He acted like he belonged. I think that was big. And Bretton Tosa joined the show on the stream yard, which now I am tweeting out because the Wi-Fi has been a little slow. It's very busy at the ballpark today. It's their only home game this week. Bretton Tosa joined on Monday and said it reminded him of Ryan Braun. Ryan Braun got up here, immediately acted like he belonged. There was this swagger. There was this confidence. And it was, it, it was correct in the case of Ryan Braun because Ryan Braun was unbelievable at baseball every step of his baseball career. If anyone stepped into the majors on day one, and had a feeling that like they belonged, like they were going to fit in there. Of course, it would be Ryan Braun. But sometimes with athletes, you, you need a little bit of uh, confidence that maybe isn't well founded. You need a little bit of uh, you need a little blind confidence, fake it till you make it type of thing. And and maybe Garrett Mitchell had that Ryan Braun thing going on. A very good looking guy that probably plays into it. I always bring that up. I think it does matter. <laughs> he had that confidence. I don't think it was fake confidence. I don't think he was faking it. I think he genuinely felt last season like he belonged, and I think that was part of the reason why he succeeded. Could that be the same with Sal Freelick, who seemed to have that it factor in the World Baseball Classic playing for Italy or Weimer or Terang? We'll have to see. I just tweeted out the StreamYard link. I believe the Internet is bumped back up in speed. Here's Craig Council's answer again on how they go about deciding which player is going to get called up, which player is going to stay down, all that jazz. About some of your your prospects, kind of your cluster of guys who are like 23, 24, we're all kind of waiting on them. Like two weeks till opening day, can you give us a little bit of a like an outline of your process and your organization's process, like why you might select one of those guys at some point to come up and get a try? Like, how, how do you go about deciding that? That's that's a good question for Matt Arnold. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's opportunity based. Yeah. Someone gets injured, and they have a window, and you need somebody. To yeah, I mean. It, it's, I mean, that for every player, no matter who you are, it's there's a this, there's this talent and opportunity and um, timing, you know, that that all kind of meet up, and then that that's, you know, generally how it works. And there's some guys that just kind of knock down the door and, and do it. Um, so it's a little, everybody's got a little bit different story how they kind of break through and and then how they stick. It's it's a little different too. So. Um, there's not one kind of way that it works for for all these guys. It's, it's just it's a little different for everybody. Um, but um, you know that they've you know Bryce has had a very good spring for sure. Um, you know Garrett had a very good debut. Um, Texas Cheerios played really well when he's been over here, so it's all it's been all good. Do you remember why Garrett last fall? Was there a reason you guys picked him? 
over some maybe some. We were well. We were just we were just. It was September. We were trying to win games and called up the guy we thought could could help. Yeah. Yellis just smoked a ground ball to second baseman. It's good to good to see his signature play in person. I'm kidding. <laughs> this week, this week, I have a great opportunities to see some of my favorite players do their thing live in person. Drew Holiday locking up Devin Booker on Tuesday night. It was a, a blessing to see that in person. One of his signature things that he's done over the last couple of years. It, it really takes my breath away to watch Christian Yelich bang one into the ground right at first or second base. I I jest. I kid. One thing to, to keep an eye on. Brewers fans today, if you're following along with the roster and you're trying to guess and trying to project who might end up on the 40-man deadline or the 40-man roster, not on the 40-man deadline, although there is a deadline today for Luke Voigt. If Luke Voigt is not assured a spot on the roster by today, he has the right to just opt out and go to free agency. He had a home run today, and he's been raking this week. He's been playing really well this week. So the timing on that is a little interesting. Does that force the hand of the Brewers, right, to not necessarily pick up an option, but think of it a little bit like a team option. They have to assure him a spot on the roster. If they don't do that, he might just say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit free agency and I'm going to go sign elsewhere. Brian Anderson just hit a double, though. That's electric. You're going to see a lot more of that this year. Brian Anderson hive, stand up. So let's hear from the Brian Anderson crowd. William Contreras coming to the plate now. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll come back. I'm going to watch this William Contreras at bat, see if he can drive in Brewers legend Brian Anderson, who now stands at second base. We're broadcasting live American Family Fields of Phoenix. Thanks to our sponsors, Flipside Pub and Grill and Cross Beer House. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show live at Brewers Spring Training. Thanks to Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse Beer House. I love him. Jumped in. Hello, Cone. Good afternoon. Afternoon, Grant. Nice to see you're enjoying some some good baseball. I'm just I'm doing my best to scout. You know, I'm a I'm a broadcaster. I'm a radio host, but I'm also trying to get an eye for the talent here and and see how the ball comes out of their hands. See how the ball comes off the bat. I'm I'm trying to multitask here. Yeah, I was gonna say there's probably maybe four, five like higher level prospects going into this season. Yeah. Are there any like any one or two that you see that? just like separate themselves from the others. Joey Weimer is the biggest human being. Joey Weimer is a truck. I don't know what that means, but just using my, my eye test and my sports fan brain, I, I feel like that's a good thing. Like he's built like a mountain. He reminds a little bit of Avi Garcia, but a little slimmer. Like he passes the eye okay. test. I also loved the clips I saw of Sal Freelich in the World Baseball Classic. The dude just has a certain attitude about him, and I really like that. So I don't know. Those are two things that we've seen just in the last two weeks that I really like. But Garrett Mitchell was about it last year. Like he came up and was ready to go. So I, I don't know. I'm excited with all of these guys. Terang is probably the one I know the least about. Yeah, I, I like that they're all kind of in the outfield too because – I'm, I don't know about you, but if I see Tyrone Taylor, our everyday starter in the outfield, I mean, he's good. he can be a good piece off the bench, but if he's starting every day, I don't think that's a great sign for this team. I wanted to, to go talk to Tyrone Taylor in the clubhouse the other day, but he was deadlocked in a game of cribbage with Keston Hira. And I don't know about you, but mm. when I'm playing cribbage, I don't, I don't like to be interrupted. Men, when they play games, they like they get really tunnel visioned in on the games. Like I remember playing games with my dad or like anytime I play games, like I don't like when people get up and do other things like, no, we're locked in. We're playing a game. 
So I didn't want to go ask Tyrone Taylor, but I think there's something to that. The smaller his role is, historically, the better he's been. So if we can get some of these young, talented guys up into the majors and, and hopefully performing and ask less of Tyrone Taylor, I think that goes a long way. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I would say Joey Weimer. I want to see more of him at the major league level because he's just built like a house, and that seems good to me. That's my analysis. Yeah. I, I think, too, like this is kind of the first year maybe under like the Stearns, Arnold, Council leadership where – They've actually had a number of prospects that could be MLB ready. I yeah. mean, in the past we've had we've had you know Keston Hira. He was kind of a one-off. Orlando Arcia, kind oh, of a one-off. Yeah. But when you when you have these guys that are kind of bundled together, it it really brings you back to you know that Braun Fielder, Ricky Weeks class. Yeah. So I, I think you know when when that regime took over, there were media members that were saying, guys, this could be a seven to nine year rebuild. We got to be ready for it. And they weren't necessarily correct in that, but for us to have all these prospects kind of coming to fruition at this time, got to give them some flowers there. Real Wisconsin sports radio degenerates do remember that summer of Radio Joe on that crusade. I remember him not throwing hands, but like the radio version of throwing hands with Tim Allen over that. And I guess he wasn't wrong because some of these guys are coming up now. The Brewers, the first time under council, and Arnold and Stearns that they've had a group of position players come up like this. We experienced it with pitching, right, where they had a cluster of guys all come up, up at once. And I like that sure. because I feel like with every pitcher they elevated, they got better at elevating. Like they with Woodruff was the first, and they kind of found a system that worked, and then they kind of tweaked that system. Every time they brought a new guy up, it seemed like the process was kind of smoothed over. So hopefully Garrett Mitchell's come up now, and they kind of have a good idea of how to go about it. They can apply that process to Freelick or Weimer or, or whoever they choose to bring up seems like that was a question for Matt Arnold, which I figured Craig Council might say. It was like, yeah, I know you're not the GM, but, you know, just speaking to the general process, it seems kind of random. You know, whoever's healthy, whoever's hot at the time, they get a call up and, you know, you see how they do. Yeah, and it's like, I, I don't know how these MLB, you know, talent evaluators work, but I, I'm just curious how much they, like, how much stock they put into spring training performance in making those choices. I would have no idea. I don't know if you would know, but it, can, uh, that'd be interesting to know. I don't know. I can ask around. All the baseball scouts dress the same way, and they stand the same way. They stand out. They look exactly like all the scouts in Moneyball. So I'll go ask around. Okay. I don't know. Mike Brasso's had a great spring training, and I'm, like, forming opinions on the season based on that. So I, I don't know. I like reacting to spring training. I like reacting to summer league. Have you been watching college basketball, by the way, today? What have I, what have I missed? I saw Virginia lost. Yeah, Virginia lost to Furman, threw it away, got trapped in the backcourt with Furman pressing. Virginia just threw it up, thinking clock would expire. They get the steal, hit the three. Uh, Maryland got the win over uh, West Virginia. And then I think um, Missouri beat Utah State. And then the one seeds all won. Nothing crazy there. And then I think Charleston and uh, Charleston just lost to whoever that five seed is poor virginia oh brian anderson just botched a grounder that's tough to see you hate to see it well cone i appreciate the march madness recap and the prospect talks it's just a brewer's show today it's been fun it's nice to get away from rogers for a couple minutes i 100 percent agree it's kind of run its course um I, if we don't hear about it until you know 
something camp happens in August. It's I'm fine. fine with it. It's fine. We're zeroing in on the Bucks and the Brewers, and of course the Badgers continue their red hot run into the NIT. Thank you, Cohen, <laughs> for jumping in here. Appreciate you. Yep. Thank you, Grant. Have a good show. See you, buddy. Cone Roller, chiming in to talk Brewers. It is an exciting group of players: Freelick, Weimer, Terang, Mitchell. I kind of like the shotgun approach. That's the approach the Brewers have taken the last couple of years with pitching. It's like, well, we got Burns, Woodruff, Peralta. They may not all hit at the same time, but we believe in them all. We believe in their stuff, and we believe in our system to bring them up. So we'll we'll stagger them a little bit. We'll bring them up at at different moments. And and I think think Corbin Burns was a better pitcher for following Woodruff, and I think Peralta was definitely helped by following Burns had an up-and-down transition into being a major league starting pitcher. was good out of the pen and then took a big step back when he tried to be a starter, and then he had to bounce back. Same with Peralta. So I think if Garrett Mitchell comes up first, whoever follows Mitchell into the majors will be a better player for Garrett Mitchell's experience. I'm hoping the same approach the Brewers have taken with pitching applies to this group of outfielders all high up in their prospects. I mean, Freelich, Weimer, Trang, Mitchell are two, three, four, five. So they're right there at the top of their prospect rankings. Let's take a two-minute break. We'll get an update from Zach Heilper and come back. Talk more Brewers next. We're broadcasting live. American Family Fields of Phoenix. Flipside Pub and Grill. Lacrosse Beer House. Hour two next. some good pieces and, and when it comes together i think we got a really good ball club we were fortunate enough to go four years there in a row and then you miss it by a game one year and it just it doesn't feel right this is where wisconsin gathers to talk sports packers brewers badgers bucks the wisco sports show is on the air now here's your host grant bills Taking in some baseball this afternoon, some real baseball. We've been at American Family Fields of Phoenix all week, and it's been really fun. Seen some minor league action here during the show. Woodruff and Peralta were both throwing a session last night during the show. It was fun to watch. Today we got an actual game. Sky Bolt is at the plate right now, which sounds like a crummy Marvel spinoff, which are most Marvel spinoffs. Not a huge Marvel guy, by the way, if you don't know that about me. I just, I don't know. I think the superhero thing has kind of run its course, at least for now. We need to do something else as a society. I I was talking about this with a friend the other night. Who was I talking about this with? might have been my girlfriend. We need more pirate content. Let's put a pause on the superhero content. We need some pirate movies or a pirate show. I feel like the pirate genre has gone undiscovered. We did Pirates of the Caribbean, and everybody loves that. Everybody loves Pirates of the Caribbean. Everyone agrees that it's awesome. But we haven't really touched on the pirate genre again. Let's leave superheroes away. Sky Bolt at the plate for the Brewers. We'll put that away. That can be a Marvel show in 20 years when we all start to miss superhero shows. But for now, let's move off of superhero stuff. It's just it's just a take that I've been thinking about a lot. I've, I've had enough with Marvel. This is the Wisco Sports Show. Uh, moving off of movie talk, we're talking Brewers. Uh, and we're doing it from a really cool spot. We're here in Phoenix at spring training. Thanks to Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse Beer House for sending us down here. Please go support them, even if it's just going to buy one beer. Even if that's it, please go support them. And let's be real, one beer never stays one beer. I'm going out for one. Well, that means like two and a half on average. Might have two, might have three, but you don't just have one. You might as well not go. 
So go to the beer house, get a big mug of Hefeweizen. It's always my favorite thing to have. Or flip side, just on the north side of La Crosse, really good happy hour, really good fish fry, and a great place on Saturday and Sunday mornings to go get a bloody or get a mimosa. They're always open for races on the weekends or open early during football season. Now with college basketball on, this would be a great flip side weekend. An awesome weekend to go hang out at Flipside because you got March Madness on. They got a bunch of TVs, and you can get there early and start early. Right before that last break, we were talking to Cone Roller. He joined the StreamYard chat room, and you can do the same. I tweeted out the link, and he said, uh, was there one prospect that's really jumped out to me uh, in camp? And I said, I don't know, probably Joey Weimer, just because he's so big. That was my official scouting uh, eye test opinion. He just grounded into a double play for what it's worth, so (laughs) maybe Maybe don't be too intent on listening to my baseball opinions. 608-796-2558. If you'd like to text the show, we don't have the phone this week. I can't wait until Monday because that means we can catch up with Dave from Monona and Eric on I-90, Mike in Chippewa Falls, all of our uh, all of our friends who join us over the phone. You can join the StreamYard link, like I said. Click the link. I tweeted it out. At Wisco Grant. Kurt Hogue going to join us in just a little bit covers the brewers for the journal sentinel he at the moment is just a couple of booths down for me he's down in the press box with his uh stuffy big j journalist friends uh but he'll humor us i'm gonna run some of my brewers takes by him i wrote down three observations from this week being in the clubhouse being around the practice fields watching some scrimmages now watching a game right three observations maybe they're casual observations but casual observations like those observations matter i always like to think that I have a unique perspective on things. I'm always trying to think, okay, I'm watching this game. I'm watching this practice. I'm watching this. Why is my point of view different from this person? Why is my point of view different from this person? Maybe it's a little bit of a stretch. My point of view and my opinion on what I see here at Brewer Spring Training may be a little bit different from Kurt or Adam McAlvey or Sophia. They're here all the time, right? They get used to certain things. They get used to the rhythms of the practice and the rhythms of the day. I'm coming in. I'm I'm a blank slate. All this is brand new to me, so maybe I see things just a little bit differently. Something that jumped off the page this week for me, Wade Miley, incredible vibes guy, just outstanding. He's the best. Engages everyone in the locker room, cracking jokes. The energy is really good, but it feels genuine. Doesn't feel like the guy who's walking around just because think of your place of work, right? You work in an office. You have one coworker that you love to see. They make the rounds around the office. They say, hey, so-and-so, how are you? Yeah, good weekend. Crack a joke, small anecdote, on their way. We love that person. Keeps everyone engaged, keeps the vibes high uh, on a slow and sluggish Friday afternoon. Or maybe it's Monday morning and everyone's like, yeah, this sucks. Right? Well, this coworker is coming around, making everyone feel good. Now, there's also the coworker that's a little obnoxious. Right? We all, we all have coworkers where it's like, man, I... I'm not trying to have small talk right now. I don't need to hear the story about your weekend. I don't need to hear about how you went to Walmart to return something and all sorts of hijinks ensued and all of a sudden we've been talking for 15 minutes and, oh, that's crazy, yeah. Had not. Right? We all have coworkers like that as well. Wade Miley strikes me as the former, not the latter. Engages everyone, friend to everyone, keeps everyone in the loop, keeps the vibes high. And I think the signing fits better than maybe I originally thought thought because when that signing came out this offseason i thought oh you know of course they signed wade miley of course like it's such a brewer's move you almost cast it off as a joke well they need some pitching depth they pressed in their depth to service last year and they were starting jason alexander and chichi gonzalez 
right? We'd like to avoid that again. Well, I'd take Wade Miley over Jason Alexander and Chichi Gonzalez, respectfully, to Jason Alexander. This is a big Jason Alexander show. I think Wade Miley's going to be a good fit this year. And it feels good. It looks good. It sounds good around the clubhouse. He just seems to be a guy that fits really well. Let's talk to FedEx Fred, who's jumped in the stream yard. Fred, what's going on? Grant, I heard uh, heard you on the podcast this morning. I was catching up. Oh, catching up with all this hard-hitting journalism we're doing out here in in Arizona. (laughs) Big J stuff, Fred. Not going to lie, I heard the background noise. Mm -hmm. I'm jealous. Baseball needs Mm -hmm. to come to this area soon. (laughs) Yeah, well, I um, I talked to a Brewers player yesterday on yesterday's show just about Northwoods League stuff. Like, he played in Wilmer. He played in uh, in college for Concordia, so he's been around. Gus Varlin, who pitched last night. Like, it was cool just to hear him talk about Copeland Park and, and playing around the Northwoods League. So the Brewers need to be back. But I know FedEx Fred, you're on lacrosse. I'm just excited to go to Loggers games again, too. Yes, yes. Uh, there's nothing better than baseball in the summer. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, would, be, I it, would be jealous of me right now, too. It's a little distracting. Uh, Blake Perkins at the plate right now, though, so I can I can take my eyes off the field for a second. <laughs> what do we have for the count? Uh, we got two strikes, two balls. Here's the pitch. Liner into center. Get down. Oh, did he catch it? See, I'd be a terrible. He didn't catch it. That's going to score a run. Hell yeah, Blake Perkins. I shouldn't. I minimized him. I said, oh, it's Blake Perkins. I don't need to watch. And then he knocks one in. That's a good piece of hitting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join. You're not supposed to cheer in the press box, but I'm not in a press box. I'm in a booth, Fred, so I'm going to do some cheering. Nice. Just, just had those credentials while you're clapping. Yeah, 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 yeah. Respectfully, professionally, I'm getting, I'm getting dirty looks. No, no, I got gotcha. you. Uh, so I got a couple of questions. Yeah. I, heard your podcast. I, I was listening to the West Coast Sports Podcast. Um, I want to take on the Aaron Rodgers that happened yesterday. Ooh, you're very so, calm. You're cool. Yeah. You were collective about it. Thank thought you. about it. It was a great response. Oh, thank you. Uh, also. Love you for giving them the Badgers men's basketball some hype in the NIT. Yeah. It's it's a rough time. Not a, I've been on this planet for 39 years. I've never once seen the Badgers in the NIT. It was a little little bit of a gut check, but I think it's one the Badgers needed. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to see they're playing, and they're performing better than Michigan is. Well, I, I think, and with Rutgers, too. Like, Rutgers, I don't think, wanted yes. to be there. I think Rutgers thought of themselves as a victim for not getting into the NCAA and they said, oh, fine, we'll be in the NIT, and they weren't really about it. I, I give Greg Gard and the Badgers credit at least through one game because Gard said, if we're going to do this tournament, we're going to do it to win it. We're going to play to be our best, and I think the team played that way the other night. I also think the team listened to him maybe going into the Big Ten tournament when he said, we feel good about our resume. We feel like we're in already. I feel like the team also listened to him then, but Gard's message and their approach to the yes. first game, at least, against Bradley, it seemed to be really good. Yes, uh, yes. I just wanted to call in and say I can use modern technology. It's a little complicated, but I can do it. You just want to prove it. <laughs> it's super easy, and it's nice to be able to see each other, too. It is. And also, I'm going to go over to, I think, the brew house tonight and have a Hesservisen on you. Hell yeah. I appreciate that, FedEx Fred. Thanks for checking in. Have a good one. Later, Grant. Later. That's our guy, FedEx Fred, who's out delivering like Hector was yesterday. I don't know where Hector was driving yesterday. He was in the middle of GD nowhere. His connection was so bad, he sounded like T-Pain. He was auto-tuned. I think that's what I remember who tweeted in yesterday. He tweeted me at Wisco Grant when Hector Non-Alaska was in, in the chat room, and he said, tell Hector to turn off the auto-tune. He sounded bad. I don't know where FedEx Fred was. 
Maybe FedEx Fred gets the uh, the route in town where there's uh, actual cell service. And we got to experience a Blake Perkins RBI single. How about that one, folks? Yeah, I couldn't see. I couldn't see if the center fielder caught it. He almost made a really good play on it. I didn't bring my binoculars. I've been feeling pissed off about it all week. I always, always wish I had my binoculars. A couple of texts here. Uh, this one, I'm not sure who this is from. Aaron in Eau Claire. And Aaron, I'm going to save your name right now so I don't have to awkwardly scroll up and find your name. Aaron in Eau Claire. <laughs> this text is funny. Aaron in Eau Claire says, Cone Roller rolls massive blunts. Um, I hope Cone's listening. I wonder if he'll have a rebuttal on Twitter. Eric in Madison said, Charlie Blackman would make an excellent pirate. Okay, now we're cooking with gas. Yeah, I said back at 5 o'clock, because let me go back and explain for those who maybe have joined the show in the last 12 minutes. Sky Bolt was at the plate for the Brewers, and I said, it doesn't even sound like a real name. It sounds like a crummy Marvel spinoff show. And then I said, we need to do away with superhero movies for a while, and we need to dip into the pirate genre. I feel like that's an unexplored genre of film. So let's get there. Charlie Black Blackman, does he still play for the Rockies? He'd be a great pirate. Thank you, Eric and Madison. I agree. Chris from Bloomer says, when you were talking about a guy being good-looking, reminds me of the part in Moneyball when the scouts say, got an ugly girlfriend, he lacks confidence. Yeah, yeah, these things matter. These things matter, Chris. Garrett Mitchell Good-looking guy influences personality, which influences performance, especially when he comes up from AAA. Guy's got a lot of confidence. He's ready to go. If I was that good-looking, I'd be that confident, too. If I had great facial hair, I actually, I'll pat myself on the back. My, my facial hair, similar to Garrett Mitchell. We're both going for the shadow look, never clean-shaven, but never a real beard. Now, his hair's got me beat. Uh, he's obviously a professional athlete, so he's got me beat in, in that department as well. But yes, confidence matters. Confidence stems from good looks. You look good, you feel good, you feel good, you play good, especially when you're bridging the gap between AAA and the pros. You need to be, even if it's just absurd, unfounded confidence that you have for no reason. Right? I think a lot of professional athletes, especially in certain sports, certain positions, like cornerbacks, cornerbacks are insane. They have to be. They have to be cocky. They have to have confidence that's just unfounded because they need to play with that confidence. If they don't, they're just going to get torched. Let's see, Cone Roller says, LOL, at Aaron and Eau Claire. Yeah, Aaron and Eau Claire saying, Cone Roller rolls massive blunts. Hector says, yesterday I was in Chaseburg, currently coming home from Viroqua. Yeah, you are out on the sticks. Says, was going to get in the call with FedEx Fred, but bad reception currently. Hey, if you see Eric on I-90 down there, give him a shout. Maybe he's trolling around the district, as he would say. Another text. This one's from Uncle Buck. Says, since you're at spring training, I thought I'd ask, what's your favorite spot to watch a game at Miller Park? Bleachers? I will never call it American Family Field. Cheers. Oh, this is a good baseball topic. The best spot to sit at Miller Park, to use Uncle Buck's words, now American Family Field. Best spot to sit. Well, I've sat in lots of different spots. I don't normally sit in the first level. I did last fall. My buddy bought some tickets, and we sat down. Uh, kind of close to third base, kind of right behind the dugout. That was pretty slick. If I had to pick a spot and I could only sit in one spot at every game that I went to, I think it would be first baseline, I don't know, right about right about at first base or a little bit past first base. That gives you a really good view of the field. It gives you a good depth perception as the ball travels left from right. 
And if it's a hot summer day and the roof is open, you're in the shade on the first base side. On the third base side, you're getting cooked. You are getting baked. And if there's no breeze, there's not a, a breath of wind, that can be pretty brutal. So I think I'm going to say first baseline, second level. I mean, if someone wants to give me tickets on the loge level, I'll go there. I sat on the loge level last summer. Actually, Dave from Monona got me tickets. I'd never sat in that level before. Padded suites, uh, or padded seats, rather, although the suites are pretty nice, too. Extra room in the concourse, extra nice concessions, air-conditioned concourse, which is huge. Speaking of temperature control, if you're sitting in the suite level or, or the loge level, I think it's the suite level. You get your own concourse, and it's air-conditioned. So if you get overheated, you just take a walk, go get some water, go to the bathroom, cool down. So for power-ranking places to sit, I would say first baseline, suite level, uh, and then just give me the cheapest seats in the outfield, just because it's fun. It's fun sitting out there, too. It's fun to just kind of be... It's kind of be... Like, sitting on the lawn at a spring training game is fun for the same reason. Hector on Alaska has joined the stream. Hector, you got good reception? What's going on? Do I have good reception? You tell me. Yeah, so far. So, pitter-patter, let's get at it. What's going on? Uh, all I heard was you get baked, and I figured you were wanting me to join, so... <laughs> uh, you get uh, baked in the sun. I talking about the sun. Yeah. Friend. Imagine if there was yeah. a section at American Family Field where they provided materials to get baked. Oh, yeah. It would... You should... We gotta get it figured out in, uh... Uh, Wisconsin... Get it legalized, and then you could definitely do it there. Miller Highlight. Ooh, so, there you uh, go. Uh, oh, now we might be losing him. Yeah, Hector, we're uh, losing you. I'm going to let you go, but Miller High Life, that is a bar. That is correct. If we were able to do a pot section. The X-Golf, maybe something there. Maybe get some some refreshments, quote-unquote, in the X-Golf. I kind of... I kind of feel like I need to go play a round of X-Golf during a game this year. I, I feel like I have to for the bit. Take a bunch of videos, chronicle my experience, turn it into some content for the show and for social media. I feel like I, I got to go. I don't even golf, and I feel like I got to go. Just because we make fun of the X-Golf so much, I actually got to go play some X-Golf. Todd from Holman says, with Rodgers being traded away to the Jets, I have two teams to watch this year. I very much want to see Rodgers make the Jets relevant while he's there. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to cheer for Rodgers. The local CBS stations in Wisconsin are thrilled. It was the same when Favre left, like CBS 58 in Milwaukee, I think a News 8 in La Crosse. Sorry, I don't know the CBS affiliate in Madison. But those CBS affiliates, they're jacked because they can get Packer games, and everybody's going to want to watch them. It's the same when Favre went there. Those games would be on in Wisconsin. I love looking at the coverage maps of which broad, which broadcasts are in which markets and which teams are shown in which regions of the country. Packers games are going to be on in Wisconsin, and it's great for your local CBS affiliate. So if we want to support local TV, support local journalism, Aaron Rodgers helping the economy by going to an AFC opponent uh, and boosting not just the Fox stations, which have had the Packers for years, of course, but CBS as well. It's good for everybody. Hurts nobody. As Joe Biden once said about something. I don't think he was talking about the economy. Maybe. He probably didn't even know. Uh, Ona Bam, the Brewers account, tweets and says, Andrew McCutcheon would make an excellent pirate. You are correct. Think of the veteran leadership that ship would have. Jack Sparrow with a victory vest. Uh, we need to take a break. Kurt Hogue's going to Kurt Hogue's gonna join us. Ona Bam, if, if Ona Bam is listening, Brian Anderson uh, did hit a... Stranded. 
So I did pose the question on whether or not the Brewers were wasting Brian Anderson's prime. I feel like that's a discussion we're going to have a lot this year. And Onabam, I also said uh, that I've had a special experience this week in Phoenix because I've got to watch two of my favorite athletes for my favorite teams uh, basically do their signature thing. I watched Drew Holiday play his signature defense the other night against Devin Booker. And then today I watched Christian Yelich ground out to second base. So I feel like I'm... It's just cool to watch your favorite athletes make their signature plays up close and, and, and personal, you know. Three minutes. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Kurt Hogue's going to join us. We'll keep talking more Brewers. It's the Wisco Sports Show live from American Family Fields of Phoenix. Thanks to Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show live at Brewers Spring Training. Thanks to Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse Beer House. sports show oh my god jake cousins gave up a shot and is caught on the warning track we're all good (laughs) that looked like it was this is going to be such an annoying obnoxious announcer thing to do that ball looked like it was headed for tempe but the wind pulled it back down caught on the track by whatever slap is currently playing center field i can't see again i didn't bring binoculars and i feel like a moron because of it brett phillips is at the plate should I attempt to do some play-by-play? Jake Cousins looks in, toes the rubber. Two outs now here in the bottom of the seventh. The swing and the pitch, or the kick and the pitch. Ball one. I'd be terrible at play-by-play. I, I can't deliver my thoughts concisely. I talk for two hours every night. Are you kidding me? I'm not, I'm not cut out to be efficient. Jake Cousins looking in. One ball, zero strikes. Outside. 2-0 and now on the former Brewer. Great vibes when he was in the clubhouse, fan favorite, then shipped off to a place for a player who I don't remember. 2-0, coming right down the middle, caught the inside corner, says C.B. Buckner. 2-1 and one the count, two balls and one strike. Pitch clock, ever present on fans' mind. Just kidding, I haven't even thought about it once until now. 11, 10, 9. Got the sign, the kick and the pitch. Swing and a miss. Same pitch on the inside corner. Brett Phillips thought he had it lined up. He didn't. (laughs) Uh, Plane flying overhead with a bet MGM banner. Good. I thought I was just about to enjoy some sports for a few hours without gambling being shoved down my throat. 2-2. Ooh, thought he had strike three. Count goes full instead. Jake Cousins taking an extra moment to look C.B. Buckner in the eye on that one. Thought he had strike three, was headed to the dugout. And the count goes full. The kick and the pitch coming home. Runner moves. Strike three. Nope. Scratch that. Foul ball. Fights it off and stays live. If you want to join the show, 608-796-2558. And send me a text. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grand. I tweet StreamYard as well. Brewers trailing the A's 3-2 to two here in the top of the eighth inning. Brett Anderson at the plate, former Brewer, now calls time. Let's check the stream yard link. Maybe there's someone in there. Nope, nobody. Check the talk and text line. Got a couple of texts. We'll get back to that here in just a moment. The 3-2 once again from Jake Cousins. And he hit him. 
get him on the toe. Either way, it's ball three, and the inning will continue. In tournament news, says this text, Princeton just beat Arizona. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. What the hell? My my bracket is busted. So this is what I said yesterday. I said, I don't even think I'm going to fill out a bracket. I'm just going to wait until there's an upset, and then I'll just say what everyone else says. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. Well, my bracket, I mean, come on, that, my bracket's shot to hell. Everyone's bracket is shot to hell. Well, why, why do we all do this? Why do we all post on Facebook and Twitter? My bracket's in shambles. Everyone's is, and it will be every year until now uh, and the end of time. Meeting of the minds on the mound. Brewers coach and catcher now out there. C.B. Buckner says, hey, let's move it along. It's getting late in the afternoon. Clouds coming in. I'm not sitting through a rain delay. You guys want to sit through a rain delay? And the Brewers trio says, no, absolutely not. We only played a three-inning game last night. I'd like to have a normal night, get this game in in time. Now Kevin Pablo steps in. Here's a text that says, you're actually quite good at play-by-play, dude. Uh, the problem is I don't know who any of these guys are. So that, that's the problem. If they were players that I knew, I'd be okay. But no, this is a disaster. Absolute disaster. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Thank you for the tweet. Kurt Hogue going to join us in a few minutes. I'm trying to think of my takeaways from the game today. Eric Lauer, and I know it's just spring training, did not look good. And we've seen this with Eric Lauer in regular season games, too, because I've seen Lauer pitch in person more than once. I think it was two years ago. I went to a couple of games, and it just seemed like every time I went to the park, it would be Eric Lauer. It's like this guy again, and he could never find the command early on, and then there'd be runners on, and then there'd be some little trickler that would sneak through, and it's just like, oh, the Eric Lauer experience. Kind of what it felt like earlier today. He got yoinked in the first inning and in the second, because you can do that in spring training. Two and one to Kevin Podlo, two outs in the top of the eighth. Thought about it, but says no, strike anyway, right down the middle. Nice change of pace from this Brewers pitcher who is named name jake cousins toes the rubber now the payoff pitch two and two coming quickly swing and a miss and the inning's over about damn time says jake cousins who thought he retired brett phillips previous at bat cb buckner said no i don't even know if it's cb buckner i'm gonna be honest i just kind of looks like him and i need to know somebody on the field i know the i know the pitcher and that's it i don't know anyone down there i can't do play-by-play for a game i don't know i'm looking at march madness scores arizona Arizona losing to Princeton. There is a Tony Bennett conversation to be had here, by the way. I don't want to take away from the student-athletes from Wisconsin who are playing in the NIT and playing quite well, and I don't want to take the spotlight off of Stephen Crowell. But if I had a four-hour show tonight and I really needed to fill time, you better believe I'd be doing a 10-minute monologue about how maybe you could convince Tony Bennett to jump ship and come home. There is an angle there. He won the title at Virginia. He's got nothing left to prove. He's seemingly plateaued. He's gotten bounced early in the tournament. Seems like Virginia always is bounced early in the tournament. I could make the case. That's all I'm saying. Now, I would have to clarify that case by pointing out that a lot of the same problems that plague Virginia also plague Wisconsin and Greg Gard. So I feel like we'd be signing up for a, a different version of Greg Gard. The team might play even more slowly than under Greg Gard. Tony Bennett might be more Wisconsin than Wisconsin currently is. And I think that's both part of their success and part of their failure. Losing, man, that's brutal. Arizona goes down, and now so does Virginia. That's funny. We'll get back to the back to the action, folks. Brewers trailing three to two, headed to the bottom of the eighth as 
Number 52 is on the mound. That's typically a number that's reserved for the best pitcher on the team. I doubt this guy is one of those best players, mostly because the name isn't on the back of the jersey. We'll be back with you in five minutes on the Wisco Sports Show. American Family Fields of Phoenix, thanks to Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse Beer House. We're back after this. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show live at Brewer Spring Training. Thanks to Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse Beer House. Oh, I must be in the front row. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Glad you're here. We're at American Family Fields of Phoenix. We're watching the Brewers. We got a nail biter here. They're trailing three to two. Uh, Trey Cabbage just struck out for the Angels. Did anyone have uh, Trey Cabbage on their spring training bingo card? Probably not, although we did get a Brett Phillips at bat earlier. Fans here loved that one, as they should. Brett Phillips, longtime uh, fan favorite. Never really turned out to be as good as we thought or hoped. Cone Roller is texted in the show, and I love Cone for his brutal honesty. This one hurt more than it should. He said this Kurt Hogue interview has been teased for too long. I really have a problem with this because I like doing interviews at 530, but then I, I bring it up like a million times throughout the show. It's like, coming up, it's Kurt Hogue. But when I say coming up, I mean in like an hour and a half. So maybe I, I do need to rethink my teasing strategy. Uh, Cone, I don't know why that one cut deep, but it did. I think it cut deep because you're right. Here's my conversation. Kurt Hogue, Journal Sentinel, uh, who currently is sitting a couple of spots down in the press box. I'm going to have to let him know that his wisdom is now being shared live on air. Here's Kurt. Enjoy. Kurt Hogue is your Journal Sentinel. We're at American Family Fields of Phoenix. Brewers play this afternoon. And I got Kurt out of the press box for a couple minutes. You haven't just been here. You've been at the World Baseball Classic, Chase Field. What's that been like? It's been uh, it's been a really good environment. I was not sure what to expect. I was there for USA Mexico yeah. on Sunday, and that rocked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Mexican fans were really into it. Uh, they had good reason to be. They destroyed the Americans. Um, but even like U.S. Britain was a great environment. Um, last night was was pretty good, uh, especially at the end as U.S. clinched against Colombia. Yeah, it was it was it was fun. I, I kind of just wanted to see, you know all those guys playing on the same team see trout see mookie yeah arenado goldschmidt all those guys at once i mean they have what like 10 mvps on that team so it was uh the the u.s's performance wasn't wasn't like stellar yeah but they got through but um I'm, i'm glad i went yeah you only get to go go to one of those every so often world baseball classic is a good reminder for me that there are so many players from so many different parts of the world and I, I guess I know that, right? But I, I remember growing up, like, I'd watch Carlos Gomez on TV, and I'd watch all of these brewers, and I'd never hear him talk, right? And they look like any other baseball player. And then I'd hear him in interviews. It's like, oh, they have a really thick accent, or they speak Spanish. And I think when you only watch it on TV every day, you don't talk to the guys, you don't think about it, you forget that they come from all of these different places with a lot of pride for baseball. Yeah, so that's and, a cool record. And, I mean, this is kind of going to be the topic now with Edwin Diaz injury, but, like, it means a lot to these guys, too. Yeah. I mean, Freddie Peralta wasn't able to play for the DR. The Brewers and him kind of came to that decision, and it it, it was really hard on him to, to watch the DR and not be able to, you know, try to help them advance. So... I don't. I don't think the Diaz injury is really going to change anything, especially especially for a lot of a lot of the you know the non-American countries. I think yeah. it. 
It clearly does matter, too, to the American guys. You look at that lineup. Those guys all wanted to play. They want to play. They yeah. want to play. The pitchers is a little bit of, actually, a lot of bit of a different story. Yeah. But uh, they have to be managed. They have to stay on a certain schedule, which is something yeah. that I've really started mm-hmm. to appreciate out yeah. here is how regimented it all it is. It is. It is, yeah. So, but when, I mean, when the precedent is sort of set by the Otanis and the Trouts and, you know, the Machados that the, the guys, the capital G guys are going to play, yeah. the rest of them are are, are going to follow suit if, if they're invited. It was really cool being in the clubhouse when the games have been on, even the replays, and watching how much it yeah. means. Just every pitch, yeah. they're hanging on every foul ball. So selfishly, like as someone who hasn't been in a clubhouse until this week, that was really cool. Uh, when I have beat reporters or experts on the show, normally I try to like throw my takes at them, and then they shoot them down for whatever reason. <laughs> like It's a good format. It's like a with, good, with it, our is format. it is. It's a great format. So I wrote down three things. I was thinking about what good. I've seen in the clubhouse. Good. So you tell me... If I'm... You're a beat guy now. You've been in the clubhouse for okay. a week. So, on my show, I say that. And I brag about it. Because now I can say, well, I was in the clubhouse. Uh-huh. Around you guys, I would uh-huh. not. I would not. It's, you know, it depends on, on the format. So, I have three observations that I wrote down. Number one, Wade Miley is an incredible vibes guy, it seems. Fantastic vibes. He engages yeah. everybody. Yeah. He, he seems to be a, a connective presence, which he's been here before, so that makes sense. Um, I don't know that he fits the timeline of the ages of the rest of the starting pitchers, but I I think that's okay. I think sometimes we get bogged down in, well, all of our good players were this age, so we don't want any other good players that aren't this age, and I think we kind of made fun of the signing when it happened, but I like it. It makes sense, and after being around him, I, I think it's it's really good. Yeah, I mean, there's re- on-the-field reasons, too. You know, you should be a, f- a fine number five starter. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, yeah, he... He he can just hold conversation like I feel like in general one of the biggest compliments you can get or give is just say someone's a someone's a, a, a good hang you know they're 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 a chill hang you, know, yeah. you just like it doesn't matter what you're doing you can just spend time with them and it's it's stress free yeah that's I think that's Wade Miley yeah. He's holding court. He's engaging to everyone. Like, we all have a coworker like that when the vibes are low on a Monday morning and no one wants to be there, and that person comes in, has something to say to everyone. I, I think there's something to say for that. Yeah, with no Brent Suter around anymore, True. it's good to have, uh, it's it's good to bring in some people that are like that, yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. Mike Brasso is another one of my observations. So he's had a great spring training, and I don't mean to overreact to that. I Also being in the clubhouse and just kind of taking it all in, he feels more like a brewer this year than he did last year. And this is where I, I want you to step in and say, mm. we, you haven't been around the team. You might not know. But, like, last year, his role, I I never really kind of figured it out. He didn't play in the outfield at all last year. That was the first time in his career. And now that he has what feels like a running start, he's having a good spring, and he feels like more of a brewer and a guy that's at least on my radar. He was probably on yours a lot earlier. But I feel like this year is going to be more of a, a year of Brasso. Or last year, I didn't really know what to make of that. Well, I definitely think it's going to be more of a year of Brasso on the field, like, Craig Hounds was talking last week about, you know, trying to find more at bats for him, which maybe you know maybe play against some righties some more. Yeah. So yeah, I get I get what you're saying. Um, just like watching, you know, watching them. Mike Brossel might appear every once every three games, maybe get a pinch hit mm-hmm. every now and again. Um, this is the guy. The, the guy you're seeing is the guy he was. You know, he is. Uh, he's he's a connector of people. I yeah. think like he's 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 social. Um, He's, he's, he's a really good talker, really good with with us in the media. You see those people right away. Like, coming into the clubhouse, yeah. you kind of are very easily he, able to eye up. He, uh, he says hello to ev- everyone, you know, on, on his way to his locker um, every day. 
and he's he's obviously good friends with Christian Yelich. That that you know never hurts to have. Yeah. It was just 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 yeah. a guy like um, that um, that relates to your your best player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, Mike Mike Mike, Mike Russell Ross might have a big year. We'll see. He was a lefty specialist in my brain last year. And again, I, I, this is my first time. Well, yeah, that, that was his role. He yeah. was a lefty specialist. I feel like maybe a little bit more, like maybe there's something more to that. Uh, Kurt Hogan, the Journal Sentinels here. Last thing, this is something that we heard Council talk about on Monday. It sounds to me like Craig Council likes his starters, and there's could be potentially seven of them. I think he likes guys like three through five, three through six. I don't know if he loves them. Like the way that he talked about Corbin Burns, like, we need him to eat innings for us. We need him to go deep into ball games. Like, kind of anti-council. Like, we, we were talking on Monday. He lets Burns go a lot. Yes, he does, yeah. Yeah, they let Corbin Burns eat. Um, it, was, it was funny because I, 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 I thought I was setting something up there to kind of talk about their improved depth this year. Yeah. Because they're, I mean, their pitching depth is better this year. They're a lot of guys. I don't know if, how much... You know, better pitching depth is, but they have more guys, and that therefore gives you more options. Mm-hmm. I think the thing Council's getting at is we don't want to we don't want to have to use pitching depth yeah. because the drop off is just naturally going to be so vast. You know, it's not like a team like I don't know maybe the Pirates, where if they have nine guys like that, mm-hmm. you hope that a couple of them can turn out. The Brewers have the guys that have turned out already, yeah. and they need thirty starts, thirty three starts from. From as many of them as they can get, especially the guys at the top. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, things will happen over the matter of a baseball season. It's incredibly rare, yeah, for yeah. for like the rotation in 2021, 2021. You think about it, there was like almost no big in, like those guys yeah, were healthy all healthy, year, yeah, very very together throughout the course of the yep. season. Yep, and so that that does not happen often. So they'll need starts from Hauser and Bryce Wilson, and I don't know how else. Tyson Miller's looked pretty good this spring, actually. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting to yeah, <laughs> counsel kind of just uh, he, he heard my question and then said no. Yeah, actually, <laughs> actually, uh, Kurt, we need Corbin Burns to pitch a lot, yeah. so I'm not thinking too much about. How excited I get about our eighth starter. Well, you're talking about Bryce Wilson. Does he have overpowering stuff? Does he have finesse stuff? And Council's like, look, we need Corbin Burns yeah, to be we a need, beast. We, like, need, we need Corbin Burns to take the ball. Yeah. Let's let's focus a little bit. So last thing, and I was hoping to maybe catch Brandon Woodruff today. Between you and me, he was talking to Corbin Burns. That just wasn't something I was going to step in the middle of. I was not <laughs> I was not interjecting myself in that situation. He would have been okay with it, too. I, and I'm sure he would have, and I'm going to think about it all weekend long as I travel yeah, back to Wisconsin. Get, get him tomorrow. Are you here tomorrow? Yeah, I'm okay, here tomorrow. I don't have a show tomorrow, but I, I feel like I should come in. Get him tomorrow. Um, uh, but something I wanted to ask Woodruff about, and maybe I can make this my goal tomorrow. It's been interesting watching Woodruff come up Burns, Peralta, and something I think I've really learned as a baseball watcher is baseball is very much not linear, right? Where right. a pitcher leaves off one year, they don't just pick up the, in that spot the next year, right? Because hitters have seen them, right? Maybe the, the pitcher has injuries or whatever. Woodruff has kind of been steady Eddie mm-hmm. as much as any starting pitcher. Peralta had ups and downs, Burns did, and now I'm kind of watching Ashby. I'm really interested to see where he is 
in his development this year. What do you expect? He's been injured. He's been he through this week just for the first time. Yeah. But. I'm, I'm kind of the high Aaron Ashby guy, I feel like, around, around I don't know if it's the beat or just sort of Brewer's Twitter. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of All the people that tweet at me about him. Yeah. Uh, this stuff is so filthy. And when the stuff is that good, and he's still, what, 24 maybe? 23, yeah. 24? Um, like he, he's, he's still young. He's still young. There's not a lot of innings on that arm. But man, that uh, stuff plays. Stuff plays, especially when you you know you, the Brewers are good at developing pitchers and um, sort of teaching guys how to be successful at this level. Yeah, um, he doesn't have Brandon Wood. You know, the, like the the command Brandon Woodruff had when he first came up in the league mm-hmm. was already pretty good. Corbin Burns was. Yeah, okay, well, there's 2019. But Clark Burns, when he first came up, was pretty good with command, too. Yeah. Ashby's not that guy, but his stuff might be better than both both of those guys. Well, have. he's got come. a wider selection of pitches he, than Woodruff does. He does, yeah. And I mean, it's coming from the left side with the velo, too. It's um, it's it's nasty. I, I, I don't. I, he's probably going to be a bullpen guy, I think, most of the year. Like, they haven't figured out with him. They just want to get him healthy first. Yeah. Well, but, that's what happened with Peralta. It's like, maybe this is the year he's a starter. No, yeah, put him in the pen. Yeah. Let him work. Let him develop. And, well, that's why... I, like, the Brewers have done this for years now, and we've seen it, you know, all these pitchers take this path. It makes me feel a little bit better that Ashby's following some of these guys that went through a lot of the same things that Ashby's been going through. Yeah, you'd like to just see him get healthy, and then have, once he comes back, have a healthy full season in whatever role he is. And then that kind of sets a table for starting full-time next year, you would think. Because they see him as a starter long-term. That has traditionally been the progression yeah. of the Brewers' young pitchers. But there's also some very nasty reliever profile there mm-hmm. you just get you extract more value from a guy if he's a starter um, but well, that but the, the, the slider fastball combo for him if they're lucky enough to have a great lower season and who knows what Hauser does right like maybe they're not starving for starting pitching Craig Council is the type of manager who likes to deploy guys in different ways so maybe that ends up being his role I don't know we can talk about that as the season gets closer I've had you too long we have a game to go watch and cover uh, the Stephen Crowell Big Steve tour. That's right. Uh, continues this weekend. Do you have a prediction for the game against Liberty? You're all about uh, I will. It starts like nine o'clock local time here. <laughs> Liberty is not my alma mater. Well, Wisconsin, right? yeah, 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 yeah. I, I made that sound mistake. <laughs> definitely got to clear that one up. Um, the Badgers are going to win. I I don't know. Will I watch? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, if Big Steve's going off for forty, I'll watch. Hey, they're bought into the NIT. The difference between them and Rutgers, I think Wisconsin yeah. is. I don't know, enthusiastic, but they came to play. Rutgers seemingly couldn't have carried. Yeah, big, big, big Steve. Uh, big Steve shows up for for big games. That's what he does. Big Kurt, Kurt Hogan, the Journal right. Sentinel. Thank you, Kurt, for the time. Yes, sir. Kurt, friend of show, uh, friend of friend of real life as well. He's been very welcoming and and helping me out this week as we're down here broadcasting live. At American Family Fields of Phoenix, thanks again to our sponsors, Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse Beer House. We'll come back and wrap up the Wisco Sports Show next in three minutes. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show live at Brewer Spring Training. Thanks to Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse Beer House. It's almost like being at the park. <laughs> Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. It's been a blast of a week. 
Family Fields Phoenix, all thanks to Flipside Pub and Grill, Lacrosse Beer House. Please go have a beer at those places at the very least. Would recommend the fish fry in both places. The happy hour at Flipside all throughout the week is the best happy hour in town. And if you're doing downtown lacrosse, you got to do the beer house. Corner of 3rd and Pearl. It's the middle of everything. You can't miss it. It's the hot corner. It's the third base of downtown lacrosse. Some call it. I, I call it that. I just started that. That's that's a thing now. That's, that's my thing. We will not have a show tomorrow, which breaks my heart uh, because we're down here. I am going to go do Brewers Clubhouse stuff tomorrow, so maybe I'll put out a little, little podcast, just a little something, because I'm going to try to hit the clubhouse tomorrow morning. Uh, and take a la- last-ditch effort at talking to a couple of players and talking to council one more time. So I will either save that audio for next week, or maybe I'll post it in some sort of podcast form tomorrow. I'm not sure yet, but I want to take advantage of being here. We will not have a show tomorrow because the Brewers will be on. Also, we'll have March Madness on, so there's plenty of live sports going on tomorrow afternoon. So it's okay. It's been a blast of a week doing shows out here. Thank you guys for humoring me and jumping in the stream yard because – Callers make sports shows, in my opinion. Unless you're, like, cowherd level. Like, cowherd doesn't need to take callers. But regional, local sports talk shows need to have callers. It's the characters that you talk to every day and you get to know and they have their bits and it's a fun back and forth. Good sports talk needs good caller interaction, and I appreciate you guys kind of rolling with the punches this week and joining me in that stream yard uh, and, and finding a way to be a part of the show. Thank you so much because I, I could not do the show if it weren't for all the awesome callers and and you guys stepped it up and dealt with a couple of extra hoops to jump through this week for the show and for me. So I appreciate you guys. Uh, And that link is still up at Wisco Grand. If you want to jump in, I'll be in here until probably, I don't know, 6.15, something like that, Uh, 4.15 local time. The Brewers lost just uh, a tragic set of circumstances in the ninth inning. We did get a Brett Phillips at bat, uh, saw a little Jackson Churio, he struck out. Tough strike two call. I'll give him I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that bat a little bit. Really tough inside uh, strike two call that caught the corner, put him in a hole, and then struck out swinging, protecting the plate. Um, it's fun to watch Jackson Cheerio this week. It was fun to watch Joey Weimer today, although he didn't make any big plays. I'm excited about him. I'm excited about a lot of these Brewers prospects. And it was fun to kind of shoot the breeze with Craig Council earlier today about their selection process and the process that they use to decide who comes up and when those guys come up and, and when their major league career may start this year because the Brewers' top prospects are Jackson Churio, outfielder. He's only 19, so it's going to be a while. But Sal Freelich, 22, Joey Weimer, 24, Bryce Trang, 23, Garrett Mitchell, 24. We already saw him last year. They have this batch of guys between ages 22, 23, 24. They all play a little bit of outfield. They all play a little bit of infield. And they're coming up in the ranks. And I'm really interested to see how the Brewers go about making them a part of the roster. And I don't like the word ingratiating, but that word applies in this instance. A little bit of breaking news to end the show. Oh, it's a bummer. Bears are signing former Packers tight end Robert Tunyon to a one-year deal. What is it with Packers leaving to go to other teams in the division? I it just It's very bizarre. I don't get it. I, I think it's this weird thing that... Former Packers do. It's like, can you go continue your career without needing to spitefully stick it to your former team? It's very bizarre. I don't get it. Maybe it comes from Aaron Rodgers. Maybe it, I don't know where it comes from. Maybe the Packers really are bad at letting players go. I don't know. There's no good way to say goodbye, but it's like, oh, I'm done with the Packers. Time to go to the Bears or the Lions. 
Why? Why? Done nothing but beat up on those teams the last couple of years. Now you're going to play for them? Okay. It's been a fun week of broadcast down here. I'm going to post the podcast tonight's show just a couple of minutes. I'll throw stuff on social media tomorrow. I'll be putting out content, but no live show. So that wraps up shows from American Family Field. Thank you to Flipside Pub and Grill. Thank you to Lacrosse Beer House. Thanks for listening this week. I'll talk to you Monday at 4. Every high-